as we are wont to do when we are in need as Christians. We pray to our Heavenly Father sometimes and we make little deals, you know. And I prayed recently when I was going through a trying time that if God would get me through this, I would praise His name and lift His name above all names and let everyone that I knew and everyone that I saw and everyone that I came in contact with, I would let them know that God is good and that He loves me and that He loves you. My God came through for me. And so today I stand before you telling you that God loves you. And that He has a plan and that He has a purpose. And that we're involved in that. And if you're a Christian, you have hope. We may not get it all right all the time. We may not act the right way or say the right things or do what our Heavenly Father commands us to do even. But if you're a Christian and you're living right, And you're in the Word, and you're studying, and you're growing. We have hope. We have hope. If you're not a Christian, I want you to have that hope this morning. If you've never been baptized into Jesus Christ, why not? I don't know how folks make it without being to pray without being able to pray to their heavenly father knowing with confidence that God is going to take care of them knowing with confidence that they can call on their brothers and sisters at the drop of a hat and they'll be helped I want you to have that this morning I want to go to God in prayer not to We had a wonderful prayer already, but I want to pray specifically for you who are lost, for you who know that you're lost. Let me just put it that way. For you who know that you're lost and that you need Jesus Christ. For you who who are going through a trying time and you need people here. You need people to pray for you. You need people to to hold you by the hand maybe even. You don't know where to turn. Hey, I know what you're talking. I know where you are. I've been there. Just recently. We don't know what to do all the time. And you know what? That's okay. That's all right. We have help. We have a loving, forgiving, and awesome God. Let's go to God in prayer. Our most kind and most loving Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, begging you to forgive us, asking you, Lord, to 
to continue to smile upon us and give us your love. And we hope, Lord, that we don't take that love in, in vain. Pray for, we, we pray for ourselves, Lord, that we can always look to you for the hope that we have. And thank you so much for that hope, the hope that's only found in Jesus Christ. Right now, Lord, we pray for those who don't have that hope who for some reason or another are going through a trying time and, ha- and see no way out. We're praying for those right now, Lord, who, are, who, who, who have not put your, your son on in baptism, who've not clothed themselves with Jesus Christ, who have not been down in that watery grave of baptism and come out knowing that they've obeyed your will. We pray for them this morning, Lord, that something will be said, something that will be done in their lives soon, Lord that will make a difference and make them make that the most important decision they'll ever make, Lord. You've, you've given us this, this, this important decision. Dear Lord, we want to choose you. We praise your name. It's only you that we want to glorify. It's only you that we want to know that we are living our lives for. We hope, Lord, that we're pleasing to you and We thank you so much, Lord, for your grace when we fall. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Galatians 5, 14 through 15. Thank you, Doug, for the song service and centering our minds on Galatians chapter 5. If you'll go ahead and and turn there to Galatians chapter 5, that's where the sermon will be coming from this morning. Uh, I've been trying to help a little bit as we go along through the summer months with the Bible bowlers. Uh, they are studying uh, their Bibles in the New King James Version. That's the reason it's on the screen. First uh, Corinthians and the book of Galatians. That's the Bible Bowl topic for this year. And so I've been trying to bring lessons from, from both of those books, First Corinthians and Galatians, in hopes that maybe it will help those who are in the Bible Bowl. It, it'll make a lot of sense, but one of the One of the main reasons that I am um, preaching this is because one of the main reasons that I'm preaching this is because uh, it has so much good for us. I mean, I just, I just think these two books, First Corinthians and Galatians, uh, are perfect for us right now. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. This is a hard verse. I mean, it sounds really nice. But this is a hard verse to deal with. Yeah, we've got to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But what if you don't love yourself? What if you don't think very highly of you? How are you going to be able to love your neighbor? How many of us in our families, in the congregation, at our jobs, in school, how many of us gossip about each other and bite and devour one another? You know, I, I, was, I was talking to some folks the other day, and you know what I figured out? I was gossiping about gossiping. 
I was gossiping about people gossiping. A lot of times we hate the same thing we do. We hate that. You bite and devour one another. Beware lest you be consumed by one another. I'm not trying to make you hungry, but these two verses, <laughs> if you're listening to this on a podcast, there's a big BLT on the screen. These two verses sum up the whole of chapter 5 to me, Galatians chapter 5. And as we go through chapter 5 of Galatians, I want you to remember BLT. I want you to remember a BLT. Galatians chapter 5 is the BLT of Galatians. It will help you remember chapter 5 easier. It doesn't stand for bacon, lettuce, and tomato though. BLT of chapter 5. That's not what it stands for. We're going to get into some good stuff here. Even better than a BLT. I know that looks pretty good right there, doesn't it? From the beginning of the letter, Paul is admonishing the Galatians for falling so quickly from the true gospel that they obeyed to a different gospel. They were following a different gospel, and it happened so quickly, Paul said. How, why, why did this happen so quickly? They obeyed a different gospel somewhere, and we learned, uh, as we learned before, the gospel meeting. This has been a few, few Sundays ago, about a month ago. Uh, Paul makes some arguments Paul defends the gospel of Jesus Christ against those who would have turned the Galatians to the law again. In, in uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, Paul gives the Galatians, he gives them a personal argument for the gospel, a personal defense of the gospel from Galatians in, his, in the Galatians' own experience. How they became a Christian, how they obeyed the gospel. Then in chapter 3, verses 6 through 25, Paul gives a scriptural argument uh, for the defense of the gospel. He uses Abraham in the Old Testament to make this, make this argument. In chapter 3, verses 26 through 47, Paul makes a practical argument. He, he writes, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, you are heirs of the promise, he says, heirs of the promise to Abraham, an heir of God through Christ. And then Paul makes a sentimental defense in chapter 4. He appeals to their heart in chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Paul says he was afraid for them that, that maybe he might have labored in vain. He had been working for them for so long that, have I labored in vain over you? Have I worked so hard? And here you're going to turn to this, this vain gospel, this, this other gospel. And in chapter 4, verses 21 through 31, Paul makes an allegorical argument in the defense of the gospel using Sarah and Hagar from, from the Old Testament. You remember Sarah and Hagar. Sarah was the wife of Abraham and, and, and Hagar was the handmaiden of Abraham. And Sarah didn't think that she was going to have a child, right? So she gave Hagar unto Abraham and they had Ishmael. But then she did. She had a child. She had Isaac. And, she, and, and he's using this here. The free woman is Sarah and, and the bondwoman is Hagar. Verse 31 of chapter 4. We are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free woman, he says. Christians were going back to their old religions. They were going back to their old lives. And Paul says in Galatians chapter 
5 verse 1. That's where we begin. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of, with the yoke of bondage. Here we see Paul trying to tell them, beware. That's the first B of our BLT. He's telling them in chapter 5, you need to beware. Beware, he says, stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't be, don't be slaves of the law again. Stand up, live free, Paul says. The law is bondage and slavery and you're free now, Paul is telling them. Chapter, uh, chapter 5 verse 2. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. Now, we're not talking here about the commands in the New Testament, okay? As some believe. But the moment you jump back into that Old Testament law, the moment that you jump back into that found in, in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the, the moment you jump back into that old law, then we're a debtor of the whole law. We've got to keep all of it. And if you choose circumcision, Paul demands, if, you've, if you have found the truth and you choose your old life, Christian, if you've found the truth and you, you choose your old life, you will still be judged by the words of Christ. John chapter 12, verse 48. Christ's words will judge you in the last day. Verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. When we attempt to, to live by void rules, when we attempt to, to live by our own rules, we're cut off from Christ. We're cut off from Him. Once you have had grace, now you've fallen from it. Once you had God's free gift of salvation, now you've fallen from it. Once you were obedient, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, now you're not. Once you, by grace you were saved, you were protected, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. But now you are no longer protected. You're outside of Christ. You're outside of the church. You're outside of hope. You have no hope. But verse 5, we through the Spirit eagerly wait. If, if we're living by the Spirit, if we're Christians living by the Spirit, we're not, I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm saying we're living by the Spirit. We're walking by the Spirit. If we're living by the Spirit, if we live through the Spirit, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Verse 6, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Puffed up religion. Puffed up religion. Hypocritical religion or just no regard for religion at all. None of these amount to anything. What matters is faith. Working through love. This means to work from a, from a principle of love. Everything that you do, all that you do, your works, your obedience, your hope, your trust, will all be moving through love. 
your relationships. We fail at that so many times. That's what we first read in, 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 in verse 14 and 15. We fail at that so many times. We bite and devour each other in our families, in our, in, with our friends, in, in the church, at, at work, in school. We just can't do that in the church. All that you do, your works, your obedience, your hope, have got to be through love. They've got to be channeled through love. If they're not, then we're not doing it right. Verse 7, you ran well. You ran well. What hindered you from, from obeying the truth? What hindered you? You were doing so well. Who stopped you? Who stopped you? Who got in your way? You, you started off strong. What happened to your faith? Me and Matt, we've got some guys that we've been studying with, and we wish they were here this morning to hear that point right there. What stopped you? Because they're not here. They've been stopped. They were going, and they were growing, and they were so in love with God and so excited about being a Christian, and they're not here. What happened? Some of you are here this morning, but you're not here. What happened? Who stopped you? Who hindered you? What happened to your faith? Verse 8, this persuasion does not come from him who calls you. Paul says, you didn't get this line of reasoning from me. You didn't get this from God. So, so who was it? If it wasn't God, and if it wasn't me, who was it that gave you this line of reasoning? You know, my grandfather used to raise some mules and mules around me did what they wanted to do because I was scared of them. They were big. He had jennies and jacks and horses, and then, but he had some big, huge, strong mules. Sometimes they didn't want to do what they were told. And like this mule here in the picture, they balked. They weren't going any further. Sometimes they'd just lay down. They weren't going to move. Is there a Christian in here who was doing so good and then someone came along and hindered you and you balked? You stopped. You weren't going any further now. You started off strong. What happened to your faith? A person, place, thing, or idea, some noun in your life hindered you and made you stop. Hey, verse 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. I'm warning you, says Paul, a little bit of yeast in the dough, hey, a little bit of false religion in your life, hey, Let a little bit of the world in. Hey, you're back to your old self. This is not insignificant, folks. This is real world, real time. Real life situations right here in our lives today. Just let a little bit in. See what happens. Hide and watch. 
Because it's going to get... It's, and whoever is troubling you, God's going to judge them. Hey, there may be someone that's troubling you. There may be a, 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 an antichrist in your life. It may not be all your fault. I'm not saying that. But there's something in your life that's keeping you from obeying God. And it's keeping you and, it, and, and, and it's slowly, slowly, slowly permeating and working its way to you, through your life to where you're not the same person you were when you started as a Christian. You don't look the same. And whoever is troubling you, God will judge. Verse 11. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still, surf, still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. Paul is basically saying here that there's a rumor that I preach circumcision. That Basically, there's a rumor that I'm preaching the law. I'm telling folks that they've got to keep the law. Paul's argument here says that this is preposterous. That I'm not preaching to keep the law. And he says, if I'm preaching for folks to keep the law, why am I being persecuted? <laughs> why are they persecuting me for it then? If I am preaching the law, then I've watered down the gospel, he's saying. If I'm preaching the law, I have watered down the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ, the offense of the cross has ceased. That's what that means. Watered down gospel. If I'm preaching the law, then I've watered down the gospel. Jack Honeycutt, I was told, said in a meeting at Hillcrest, somebody gave me his notes. He said, we've watered down the gospel. Here you go, you ready? Because we are afraid of offending and alienating. We don't view the world as lost and we're content to keep house. Look at this next verse, verse 12. I wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. Do you know what he means by that? Now, I'm not going to, this is, this is going to be PG, okay? Don't worry, all right? It's going to be PG here. There are two schools of thought on this verse. One is Paul is demanding that the Judaizers, who were so worried about circumcision... So worried about keeping the law, they would just go ahead and castrate themselves. They'd just go ahead and mutilate themselves. Go ahead. I wish they'd just, I wish they'd just go ahead and, 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 and castrate themselves rather than fooling with this and making you guys go back into the law. It would be better if they did that than trying to make you go back into your old religion, go back into your old ways and habits. That's the gross view, but there's an even scarier view. There's an even scarier view, and that's Christians causing trouble. Christians that cause trouble would be cut off from the church. Hurting the church and the people of God is a terrible sin. It's a terrible sin. To, 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 to make the church look bad or to, to go out and, 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 and bite and devour one another and cause dissension among the brethren, that's, that's a grievous sin. And he's saying, I wish these would be cut off. That's another view. 
the first 12 verses, Paul tells them to beware. Tells them to beware. But then he starts talking about love. Beware, but let me tell you about the greatest thing. Let me tell you about the thing that's going to help you. Let me tell you about the thing that's going to get you through. Let me tell you about the thing that's going to, that, that, that is the highest form of love. Verse 13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. That's how we're going to make it. That's how we're going to make it through this time that we have on this earth. You've been called to liberty. You're free. You've been called to liberty. You are a free person. He's going back into that. You're not of the bond woman. You're of the free woman. But don't use this freedom to do what you want to do. Use it to love and serve one another. Verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law is is fulfilled in love. The law of love regulates our duty to God and it regulates our duty to each other. Verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Don't eat each other. (laughs) Let's stop eating each other. We're on the same team. Don't speak ill of and gossip about and hurt each other. That's the opposite of love. Do what's best for each other. Let's love each other. There are really only two ways. That's the T in our BLT. There's only two ways. We've got two choices when it comes to the way that we want to live our lives. Verse 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There it is. There's your two ways. The Spirit or the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. We cannot ride the fence in life. The devil owns the fence. We can't ride the fence. Walk in the Spirit or walk in the lust of the flesh. Either one. Choose. You choose. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand just as I told you in times past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Adultery is sex outside of marriage while you're married. If that's the life you choose, you're living by the flesh. Fornication is any sex sex act outside of marriage. Boys and girls, girls and girls, boys and boys, it doesn't matter. Any sex act outside of marriage is fornication. And if that's the life you choose, you're not living by the Spirit. You're living by the flesh. Uncleanness, unnatural practices, self-abuse, 
I even read a part of a definition that said it was bestiality, gross, uncleanliness, lewdness, any kind of unchaste, indecent behavior, any kind. Idolatry, putting anything before God. Sorcery, that includes drug use. Sorcery does. That includes drug use. You can't do that and be right with God. You're you're living for the flesh. You've chosen if that's the life that you're living. Hatred. Unable to love. Hey, unable to get over stuff. Guilty. Contentions. Always stirring a stink. Jealousies. Unfounded suspicions. Outbursts of wrath. Terrible anger. Selfish ambitions. Make sure your pet project goes first. Dissensions. Dividing the body. Division in the body itself. Trying to hurt the body of Christ. The bride of Christ. Heresies. Your opinion above God's word. Envy. Persistent ill will toward toward each other. Murders. Killing or, or wanting to kill. Drunkenness, drinking to excess. Hey, drinking to excess and buzzing. If you're buzzing, you're drunk. Revelries, the party, hardy crowd, wild things, wild places, wild people. If you're involved with these things, you will not go to heaven unless you repent and are converted. But there's hope. You don't have to live that road. You don't have to go that way. Remember, I told you there's two choices. This is not the only choice. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Love. That's wanting the best for each other. Now, have I been loving this week? How about you? Have you wanted the best for others this week? Joy. Happiness even in the hard times. Yeah, I'm not the only one with a hard luck story. We all got one. I've got two sisters in Christ who are here this morning who've lost a loved one, and yet they're here. They're finding happiness even in their hard times. That's joy. Peace. Oh, how we need peace. Don't you want that for your life? Don't you want to choose that way? Patience and kindness. How about, how about the We Care cards? I just gave my last one out. How about the We Care cards? Are you, are you giving those out? Are you showing kindness for folks? Doing good and being faithful to God and our our spouse and our loved ones and each other. Being gentle. Hey, I'm learning. Full of self-control. Hey, I'm learning. How awesome it feels when you're in self-control. When you're in control of your life, how awesome that feels. Don't you want that for your life? Against such, there, there is no law. 
Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's walk the talk. Let's walk the talk. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. It is the fulfillment of the law of love, the law of Christ, the two ways. We'll choose the way of the Spirit. BLT. Beware. Love. Two ways. Notice we shouldn't provoke or envy one another. And chapter 6, verse 1, brethren, Christians, if a man is overtaken in any trespasses, any of those lusts of the flesh that we just read about, if any of us are overtaken in those, you who are spiritual, you who are, are, are good with God and you're ready to help, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, that gentle fruit, considering yourself lest you also be, be tempted. Verse 2, bear one another's burdens, carry one another's burdens, helps with help with one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Can we help carry your burden this morning? If you need restoration today, can we help? If you need prayers, if you don't have a place you can turn to, I know where you can turn to. We'll help you. God will be there for you. I know where you can turn. Stop stop looking. We've prayed for you to put Christ on in baptism this morning. Before you leave today, consider your old life. Beware of the trap that the devil has in store for you and love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love God enough to obey Him this morning and choose the best of the two ways of living. Come right now as together we stand and sing.